I'm Christine Bentley in studio with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. A young family in Aurora, Ontario, is in dire need of financial and emotional support after the recent death of their mother. Letitia Broad was a single parent and died of lung cancer on January 21st, shortly after her diagnosis. A campaign has been set up by close friends of the Broad family as a means to raise money for the children who range in age from 17 to 27 Mm -hmm. uh, to help them with their living expenses and their education costs and to support this family through this unbelievably tragic time. We'll be joined in studio today by one of the daughters and a family friend who has helped set up a GoFundMe page. And we'll put those links up on our social media accounts at What She Said Talk. Now, with record low interest rates over the past few years, millennials have been taking on increasing amounts of debt to buy homes and fund education. And they're now in a position where many have to decide between using their perhaps small cash flow to pay down (laughs) their debt or save for a retirement. We will be joined by Dillis Cruz, Vice President and Head of Wealth Management at Meridian Credit Union, and Jordan Damiani, a Senior Wealth Advisor, who will be here to talk about the millennial concept of retirement. Sounds interesting. Yes. Is there a millennial concept of retirement? I'm not sure. But film critic Ann Brody will tell us what to watch at the movies this weekend, and travel expert Candace Sampson will be here today with Richard Smart, the President and CEO of TICO. The Travel Industry Council of Ontario... And they help to make sure you have the protection you need for your trip. Who knew? I I, didn't know. I had no clue that they existed. I felt so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And we're also going to be joined by Google techie Komal Singh. She joined forces with a group of Googlers and wrote Ara the Star Engineer. It's a book aimed at children aged five to nine. It inspires them to explore STEM subjects. She decided to write this after she was taken aback by her four-year-old daughter's assumption that all engineers are men, even when mom is an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) In closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have singer-songwriter Laika. She started her career online four years ago, working as a webcam model, where she spent the majority of her time playing guitar and singing to her audience. After building a strong fan base across all social media platforms, she decided to use her career to fund her music and has found amazing success thus far. It is a really interesting story, and you'll want to stay tuned for this one. It really is. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Make sure you give us a follow on social media. You can find all the links at whatyousaidtalk.com. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
This is 105.9 The Region. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. A young family in Aurora, Ontario is in need of financial and emotional support after the recent death of their mother. Letitia Broad was a single parent and died of lung cancer on January 21st, shortly after her diagnosis. A campaign has been set up by close friends of the Broad family as a means to raise money for the children who range in age from 17 to 27 to help them with their living expenses and education costs and to support this family through this unbelievably tragic time. Joining us now in studio, we have Brittany Broad and Belinda Pianetza, a family friend who has helped set up a GoFundMe page. Thank you both for being here today. Thanks for having us. Now, Brittany, we're so sorry for your loss. And and we understand your mom's diagnosis of lung cancer came late. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah. So actually, the reason that she was diagnosed was because she got her routine mammogram. So she went to get her mammogram and they found a lump in her breast. And then through the lump in the breast, then they investigated a little bit further. And then they found that she was stage four lung cancer. So um, kind of how people find out that they get stage four lung cancer is when it's in the last final stages. So she had recently been sick within the last like two years um, on and off with like cold, etc. And then when the doctor finally like really investigated it a bit more is when kind of things came through. So how long was, between yeah. that diagnosis and um, she, she was passed? diagnosed last June with the lung cancer and the breast cancer and she passed in January. So it was kind of quick. Very quick that and is, unexpected. Along with Nicole, Sean, Matthew, a grandson named Keenan, and Tisha's dog Nala, you, you all live in a rented house. Yes. Right? Yes. So I imagine you are absolutely overwhelmed, exhausted, and, and you probably haven't had much time to mourn trying to figure out how you can stay together and how you can pay the bills. Literally have had no time to mourn because we've been running around like chickens with our heads cut off trying to figure out what we need to do, what we've missed. Like we... It's not like you have a checklist at home to say this is what happens and what you have to do when somebody passes away. So you're kind of learning as you go. And we're all kind of young, so it's not like we had anybody else close to us pass away that could um, give us like help to say, oh, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And this is sort of where, you know, as a mom, <laughs> my heart really went out to them. Um, my son, my younger mm-hmm. son is best friends with Sean. And when we heard that the mother had gone into the hospital and that it was at that stage, it was such a shock. And my first thought was, oh, my gosh, they're going to need so much help. And it's not just about mourning. It's it's about, you know, what are the actual bills? Because I know what my bills are, mm-hmm. you know, when you're thinking of mm-hmm. your, your, your utilities, your cell phone, like who is taking care of all that? It was the mom, car insurance payments. You know, things like that that came up. So you're you're in a rented house. What did the mm-hmm. landlord say? Um, actually, our landlords are very amazing, and they said that we can stay as long as we need to. So that's very good. But it's also for kids in a house, right? So mm-hmm. although we are all kind of reaching the adulthood stage, so it's not like they're going to say you have to leave. But um, I'm sure they do want an adult to be living in their house, right? So, and Belinda told me that the landlord had said that, that they won't raise the rent. No. That's one thing. But what happened with the car insurance? Um, I actually have my own car, so I pay for my own car insurance. But my other brother has a car, and him and my mom both were under it. So 
now he's kind of in a situation because and it's they a did lot of raise money. the insurance. Yeah. My brothers, yeah. So what about the day to day? Like, who's doing the cooking? Who's doing the cleaning? Because you're all trying to work, trying to go to school. So we've been very fortunate to have a, a big family. So a lot of my our family has been coming down and helping us. We haven't quite hit the stage yet where people kind of disperse because I know a lot of people have said that when you lose someone, people are there for like the first couple weeks and then mm-hmm. people kind of disperse. So we haven't really hit that stage yet. So we've been very lucky. But I know within the next couple weeks, everyone has to get back to their own older routines, right? So then we won't have as much help as we did. Yeah, my mom and my sister used to both cook. They were kind of the only two people that cooked in the house. So now the rest of us have to learn how to cook, right? Right. Because mom would make it like every Sunday for sure. She would make a nice home-cooked meal for everybody. And usually she made dinner every night. She would go to work, come home, and make us dinner, basically, right? I I think coordinating a plan like this where you organize finances and and because you all want to stay together would be daunting for... uh, an adult, I mean, who's been doing it for years, budgeting. But for you and and, and your siblings, this must be just... It's like a big oh, slap in the face. Well, it's overwhelming. It must it be is. overwhelming. I don't you even don't know realize. where you start. Yeah, you don't realize what is being paid. Like when people say utilities, you're like, oh, yeah, utilities. And it's like, no, you have this, this, and this. And they all need to be paid by this state. And mm-hmm. then the water bill is like a new bill. And it's like every three months, but it's a big bill. And there's a lot of us in the house. So it's not like it's like $100 or whatever. It's like three, four, or five. It depends. So now that the, Sean is 17, he's planning on going to college. What happens? This is... So Sean's 20, and oh, he 20. actually okay, does sorry. want to go to college as well as Matthew, who is... Um, 18. Um, They both do. But now the question is, how are we going to be able to do that? So you have to work to get money to go to school. And then to go to school, you can't really work. So, you know, it's like, are you working? What do you do? Yeah, I work full time at Shepherd's Drug Mart. I'm the cash manager there. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually was in school for business online. I took this year off because I wanted to be at home with my mom to help take care of her because she was so sick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't think that she would pass as soon as she did or else obviously I wouldn't have taken off the whole time. But it's good that I have it off now because I couldn't afford to be in school and doing, paying all my bills and doing work, right? And what about Nicole? Because she has a four-and-a-half-year-old son. Yes, what's so she doing? She, she's trying to go back to school as well. But again, with the finances, that's where we run in. We're kind of hitting a brick wall here because you have to work to make money for rent, and then there's no, nothing left over to pay for school because school costs money. And then if you don't qualify for OSAP, then you know you run into that problem too. Because I've been working for so long, I don't qualify for OSAP anymore. So I work, and then now I have to... My mom was letting me pay for school and she um, paid the rent for me so I would just like bring home whatever I could and I picked a bill like I paid for the internet instead of paying rent because then I could pay for my schooling now I have to pay for rent instead of pay for schooling so I couldn't go back even if I wanted to go back right now so for anybody listening what are we looking at here what 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 do we need to raise I set the GoFundMe page for um, for fifty thousand dollars in taking into account each person in the family and what they would need to get, just get an edge, right? How's it doing so far? Just over 6,000. I actually thought it would be a lot more, but I'm, I'm still reaching out to more resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to, I, I have a good friend of mine who's a wonderful fundraiser in the corporate world. 
and we're going to attempt to reach out to some of the corporates in Aurora, Ontario, mm-hmm. and Newmarket, um, somewhere close by, to hit them in the heart <laughs> and get more support. Um, but I will be working with the family in the next And will you be well. helping to manage the funds? Either myself or where Letitia, the, the mom, she worked at RBC Insurance. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that the people of RBC will step in and help with either managing Absolutely. it or something else. So a GoFundMe page has been set up, um, and it and we will put the link up on our social media pages. Or you can search Fundraiser for the Broad Family, that's B-R-O-A-D, directly on GoFundMe. And, you know, we hope this helps gets the word out there. Um, and we are very, very sorry for your loss. And we will be thinking of you and your family members. Thank you again for sharing your story. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having us. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. With record low interest rates over the past few years, millennials have been taking on increasing amounts of debt to buy homes and fund education. And they're now in a position where many have to decide between using cash flow to pay down their debt or save for retirement. Joining us now is Dillis DeCruz, Vice President and Head of Wealth Management at Meridian Credit Union, and Jordan Damiani, a Senior Wealth Advisor. Uh, you're both here to talk about the millennial concept of retirement. So welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having us. So retirement is not something that is a common concern or focus for millennials, right? No, no. And so, you know what? I thought, why not bring in a millennial to talk about that? (laughs) Uh, So we have a senior wealth advisor, Jordan, who is Is a millennial. millennial. So we're going to give you the millennial perspective right from the horse's mouth. Now, a lot of people are confused about the age of millennials. Oh, darn, are you going to ask me that? I, uh, <laughs> I, I am, because, I mean, there's, uh, there's a, a distinct difference. But right now, they say, because there's Generation X, which is sort of what I am, mm. but millennials are, is generally born 1981 to 1996. Right. So I still think of millennials as, as you know, my kids. But mm-hmm. in actual fact, if you were born in 1981, maybe right. you should be thinking about, yeah. about what On you're the higher end, right? On yeah. the higher end. Yeah. So those are the age ranges. And, and why? Like, when did you start thinking about retirement? You know what? So the funny thing is, and, and in terms of the millennials that I ask and myself, we don't think about it, right? So, you know, my day-to-day is doing financial planning and thinking about retirement for the members that I work with. Mm-hmm. But uh, collectively as millennials, you know, we're not thinking about something that's 30 years away. You know, and actually just even in the, the break room, I had the conversation and, you know, picked people's brains and said, hey, you know, you're millennials. Do you think about retirement? Nope. So, you know, from that perspective, I think it's important to even frame it as, you know, financial security, 
you know? Mm. So I look at it in a different sense that if I make good financial decisions, you know, year by year, I'm going to put myself in a good position, you know, whether I'm 50, 55 or 60 and, you know, really contemplating, okay, when do I really want to retire? And, you know, you made the comment just about, uh, you know, record levels of debt that millennials are taking on. Well, if you're thinking about buying a house, you don't have job security, you know, it's going to be really difficult to kind of ponder, well, when do I want to stop working when maybe you haven't even got your full-time job yet? We were just talking about that. Yeah. And we're, yeah. I said, yeah, I don't even think about retirement. So it's I funny. I should talk, think about yeah. it. <laughs> but it's funny because we do come from the generation of, uh, I mean, I, I did start saving for an mm. RSP right when I started working. Wow. Because, Automatic deduction off yeah. the pay. Yes. We yeah. were we yeah. were the generation of what if yeah. this happens? What if yeah. that happens? What if you lose your job? Yeah. What if you break your leg? What if uh, and and so why is that that you don't think about it? Do you think it'll just sort itself out? Well, one of the things I was going to say before you mm-hmm. jump in is just just also we had pension plans, right? And so I remember when I first started working, it was just you automatically go into the pension plan and that was what you did. And and I think you'll talk to this as well. Millennials may mm-hmm. not have that option depending on on you know where they're working, which makes it even more imperative that yeah. they start saving. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So. So I definitely contribute very diligently to RSP's uh, tax-free savings account. And certainly even the, the millennial members that I work with do as well. I think it's just more conceptual in terms of saying, you know, everyone knows they have to save, you know, for a rainy day. I think for some it's easier than others. You know, imagine you're just getting out of university and, you know, you got to put your, you get your foot in the door. Maybe it's, a, you know, temp work or an internship and you're, you're probably not even getting paid anything meaningful or at all. Right. So well, I it's think, a, what they call a, a gig economy. Right. Right? A lot of people right. are on contracts on day rates. There are no benefits. There are no paid vacations. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and I'm just looking at resumes that come across my desk. I'm like, wow, you know, it used to be you never admitted that you only had a job that lasted a year mm-hmm. or less. And now it's it's almost expected. Mm-hmm. It's pretty standard. But yeah. I mean, in, a, in, a, in an environment where 46 percent of Canadians feel they're like, maybe 200 bucks or less away from insolvency it seems odd yeah and, and you know what and that's a pretty shocking you know statistic uh, wow yeah there. no kidding yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you know i think a lot of the advice that millennials can follow is going to be applicable to baby boomers or, or you know other demographics as well and you know you had made the comment about you know paying yourself first so i think one of the easiest things that you can do um, you know, is when you do, you know, get that paycheck, you know, earmark some of that for savings, you know, and mm-hmm. do it pre-authorized so it's out of sight, out of yeah. mind. You know, you're not thinking about it. And, you know, there, there certainly are some steps, you know, that people can follow to, to you know, really get themselves in better shape, you know, financially. And, you know, usually what I advocate is, you know, kind of get organized. That's, that's mm-hmm. the first step, you know, find out, um, you know, do I owe anything? You know, do I own anything on credit cards? Because those tend to be the most punitive, you know. And doesn't help your your credit rating either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, absolutely. Carrying a balance on some of the, some of the store cards can be 28%. Mm-hmm. You know, even a typical yeah. credit card is 20. So, you know, one of the comments I hear the most from millennials, and, and this applies to every demographic, yeah. is there is no financial literacy in Canada. I'm not taught this in school. Mm-hmm. You know, they're certainly yeah. there to, to offer, you know, credit cards, but they're really not there to, to tell us, how to use them responsibly. And I think that's the challenge. So the whole concept of taking inventory, well, do I owe anything? You know, do I have savings? Um, you know, in some cases, if you have a mortgage, what is the payment? How long is, is my mortgage amortized for? You know, those are really some important things you can start with. And, you know, from a personal finance perspective, I always recommend, especially if people have a, a challenge saving, because oftentimes they'll hear, well, I can't, I don't have any money to save. Well, you know, um, 
what you can do is track your spending, right? So I, I, I would say everyone's usually running their spending through a visa or a debit mm-hmm. card. Well, you know, add up your last six months of statements and and, and see where you're and overdoing you can it. Download that stuff. I mean, now right. it's so easy. You download right. it into an Excel spreadsheet and sort, and then you can figure out exactly. That's if of you course can some... figure out an Excel <laughs> right. spreadsheet. Okay, I'm not very good on Excel, but uh, and it's also not something that people like to do to track their. Yeah, so I was actually going to say right. because you were talking about this, but that's when an advisor comes into play because it's easier said than done to do all of this, and we've talked about. It a lot. That's what actually Jordan would sit down and do with somebody to kind of ask you those questions and walk you through and help you with a budget and to kind of say, yeah, you actually can afford to save, right? Yeah, and there's a, there's a couple strategies, right, that that uh, we can employ. So I'm in the same boat. I hate keeping track of every small little detail. You know, if I go and buy a cup of coffee, and I'm not putting that in a notebook. I'm not tracking that, right? So part of the reason why I'd say, you know, if, if you feel like you have difficulty saving, you know, you, you kind of have to know where your money's going, you know, to, mm-hmm. to see, is there any ability to, you know, carve out something that you could effectively save? So that's where, to mm-hmm. Dillis's point, you know, if you have the ability, go online, print out the last six months of your credit card statements and debit card statement, and then you can see, well, how much am I spending on restaurants every month? You know, it might be 500 bucks spent eating out. Well, that's $6,000 a year. And certainly, I think that the millennial experience to relate to that is, well, I don't want to miss out. And I think it's, you know, I use the term substitution. I was going to talk to you about that because it it seems that millennials are very much more into um, experiences, experiential Mm -hmm. gifts and doing things. Mm -hmm. And and how does, as as opposed to, you know, amassing wealth or buying a house. So how, how do they, how do you balance this desire to experience the world and all it has to offer and have a future in it. Yeah, and, and I think there's a really good strategy. So we kind of talk about when you keep track of every little, you know, mm-hmm. uh, dollar that goes out, I would kind of term that bottom-up, uh, you know, saving. So top-down saving, I think, is, is what I do and is what tends to be effective for everybody mm-hmm. is, you know, prioritize the order of your spending. So everyone knows, okay, if I have bills, like a utility bill or mortgage, that has to be paid. Mm-hmm. But what people often do, and I, and I find it's a little bit of a mistake, is you know, spend and then say, okay, if I got money left over, I'll save that. So treat your savings like a bill, you know, and say maybe a hundred, hundred dollars, two hundred dollars or, you know, relative to your income, whatever people can afford. Well, as soon as I get paid, that's going to come out and go into a savings vehicle, you know, whether that's the RSP or tax-free savings account. And then, you know, hey, I'm I'm taking care of that piece. Mm -hmm. And this is where the planning is so important is to find out, well, hey, over a, you know, uh, my, you know, lifetime prior to retirement, what will that equate to? Am, am I on track effectively uh, to do that, right? Yeah. And then spend what's left over, right? So then yeah, you're not gonna, missing out. I, I was going to say, I, and I do this too, right? I use automatic transfers all the time. I use several accounts. I have automatic money, you know, right going mm-hmm. week, whenever mm-hmm. I get paid right in. So there's all these little tips and tactics that you can do so that you don't feel it, right? And you do pay yourself first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it must be hard in for millennials who are going to live longer than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly us, apparently, because they're eating so healthy and working <laughs> out, right? But it must be a lot of stress knowing that you don't have a defined pension and your job will morph into no job and you'll be acquiring another skill set maybe. What's be- with, oh, because it's very, it's very insecure. Yeah, I think the discipline is so important, right? So that's why if you don't have a pension, you know, your your retirement is in your hands effectively. And you've got to be the one 
to save for that. So that's why the whole concept of paying yourself first, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. over your lifetime, just every paycheck, save a little bit of that. And that'll go a long way. Okay, yeah. so where can people go to learn more and connect with an advisor? So check out our website, www.meridiancu.ca, and we have all our advisors there. Find a location and advisor near you. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and they could find you, Jordan. Denny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and Delista Cruz, uh, both from Meridian Credit Union, for coming in and telling us all the news that we need to know. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high-fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock. I know where I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick my baby up And take her to the picture show and joining us now is film critic Anne Brody for Saturday Night at the Movies, but we should probably start with Sunday Night at the Oscars. So I, I, I did my poll picks, yes, and I went completely, I think, outside the box for Best Picture because I had no clue, but I picked the one that Black impacted Klansman. me most, and I, I that was Black Klansman. They're saying that Spike Lee has a pretty good shot, but it won nothing, at 10. I know, but nothing's going to beat Roma. For best picture, best yeah. foreign film, I can see, but no. best picture, yeah. you think everything b- by a long shot. I think the last uh, poll that I read was four thousand voters for Roma, and four hundred or three hundred for the next one, which was the Green favorite? Book. I oh, think. Green Book, yeah, which I don't get. So conventional, yeah. Um, I hope Glenn Close wins. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Uh, and now I'm reading that Rami Malek's leading for best actor. I, I I picked him for best actor. Yeah, yeah. I did. Okay. Mind who you, I haven't you, seen who the would you pick? Well, I'd pick Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yes, I saw that two nights ago. But did you? Isn't yeah, that wonderful? slow, but yeah, yeah, he's in every scene. Phenomenal acting job, but I don't. I, yeah, I don't. Lots I try to think how the Academy will vote. Well, they're so they're so conventional. I wouldn't be surprised if Stars Born took a few awards. Which would really bother me, and I think you. Uh, I hope it, it wins for just, shallow. That's it. Shallow, all the musical categories, and you know it cleaned up at, at the Grammys, which is just fine. But as mm-hmm. for best picture or best actress, oh 
God save us. What about Black Panther, though? You think that? I mean, it seems so yeah, old. It's dropped now. It's dropped it again. Was, it was up, but it's dropped again. So uh, I was very surprised to see Rami up there. So let's see on Sunday night. You were really surprised? Yeah. I thought it was, I thought that he did a phenomenal job. He did do a phenomenal job, but there's act. There's Christian Bale did acting. a phenomenal job, too. Yeah, but I didn't like I the movie at all. Didn't you? No. Oh, well, let's, let's go. All right, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> we we don't know to who's do. going to win. So uh, <laughs> never look away. <laughs> wow, this is something. This is a, a nominee from uh, Europe. Um, it's about the evolution of a man's artist, artistic style and intelligence over three decades. So he's born in East Germany. He witnessed all the Nazi atro- atrocities. Uh, he's terribly scarred by them. His his aunt, his adored aunt, goes crazy and, and is sent to a home by the Nazis and sterilized and blah, blah, blah. So these two factors follow him the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And we see him falling in love with a girl who looks just like his, his aunt. They marry. He has a brutal father. So it's highly emotional, really complex. And uh, so we see ultimately what his style becomes in the 60s. But I will tell you, it is so complex, a bit of a problem, and it's over three hours long. Ugh. Okay. So I know you get like that. <laughs> oh, dear. That's enough time to eat a whole bag of Twizzlers. <laughs> I'm just thinking the nice nap you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, about, what about this I, I, This giant beast that is the global economy? Oh, it, oh you two would love it. You really? You would love it, yes. It's Cal Penn, who was um, uh, Harold and Kumar, one of those guys. Uh, and then he went to work at the White House, of all things, under Obama, um, now he's he's made a documentary. He's been to 13 countries, tons and tons of people that he's spoken with about the state of the, of the economy. He starts with money laundering. He goes into cryptocurrencies, and there's eight episodes, each one covering. He has tons of star power mm-hmm. coming in to uh, help him out. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's the only place it is? Yeah, and I'll tell you what was a great surprise to me is that the rubber – crops are failing worldwide and if rubber goes we're back to the stone age and he makes a very compelling case for that so you know it's tough all over financially speaking with trump or without okay and um acorn tv has london kills oh my god it's so good you get to see all of london they shoot in London, this elite de- – it's always an elite detective squad. Uh, <laughs> and a guy comes back from work, the DI, detective inspector. Um, his his wife's been missing, but he finally decides he has to get back, and he's having all kinds of adjustment problems. Well, the first case he deals with is a young fellow found hung in a park. Hanged, Dan. Hanged. Hanged. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All that, right. That's okay, a whole sorry. different kettle of fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Turns out, turns out this kid, this kid is the daughter, the son. Can't take you of, anywhere. <laughs> the son of a, an MP. So that's quite horrifying. And the investigation goes along. I'll just drop one little hint about London Kills. It's connected to his wife's disappearance. So good. So good. Oh. It's very good. So well made. Okay, well, we can sort of start where we finish because Green Book, one of the uh, – finish where we start. That's what I meant. Um, <laughs> it's available on DVD now. It is indeed, and I'm sure it'll do so well. Uh, Mahershala Ali, Ali does such a great job in it. He's nominated. Uh, the movie's nominated. Director's nominated. So 
All good. And then also on DVD and on demand, two Chinese martial arts films with zombie themes. How did that happen? It these things happen sometimes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, you can't so stop them. <laughs> Ice um, Iceman, Iceman, and Rampant, and it's all concerned with the illustrious Chinese past, the Ming Dynasty, and it's all you know. Guys come back to life after four hundred years, still fighting their battles. <laughs> okay, well, we will check in with you on the Oscar picks yeah. uh, next yes, week. We'll see great. How and anything great. we didn't talk about will be up on our website. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is 105.9 The Region. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Well, joining us now is our travel expert, Candace Sampson, who's here today with Richard Smart, the president and CEO of the Travel Industry Council of Ontario. So tell us exactly what is TICO? Well, I think a lot of people, sorry, Richard, don't know what TICO is. No. So that's no, why including have, us. Right. You don't know, which yeah. surprises me that you why? don't know. Well, because it's been around for a long time. And so it's known as TICO. I'll let Richard tell you a little bit more about what they do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Thanks, Candace. And thanks very much for yeah. having me here today. Um, Candace is right. TICO, as, as we're known, traveling to the Council of Ontario is quite, quite the mouthful. So we, we go mm-hmm. by TICO. We've been around for 21 years. Um, quite simply, we are, we're the regulator um, for the province of Ontario, and we regulate the travel industry, or more specifically, travel agencies, tour operators, uh, travel agent. And you might ask, what do, what do we regulate? Well, we regulate uh, consumer protection. We're, we're, we're here solely for the consumer to ensure that they get the protections that are afforded to them on, on, under the law. So we are we are a, a creature of the government. So we have the the power of the administration and the law behind us. But we're really about trying to um, raise awareness and use education to try to uh, ensure that consumers understand, you know, what they deserve when they're booking travel. Travel is a very emotional purchase, and you want to be confident to, in what you buy. Uh, and that's what we're here uh, for. Now, in, in extreme cases, when something doesn't go right, we we have other tools available to us, which in, include laying charges and laying fines, and and even uh, jail time if if there's something really egregious, uh, you know, done uh, done with uh, the consumer's uh, travel purchase. But that that's always a last resort. We're really more about. Um, awareness and education. Right. And on the, on, their t- on the Tico site, there's a bunch of tips and blogs that help you um, make, t- when you're purchasing travel, to help you make the decisions, what you need to know before you book and so on. And you what know, are the factors to maybe balance? Right. You know, and I had a friend recently who, who booked a trip uh, through a travel agency. And when she got there, the hotel was under renovation. Well, that should have been dis- disclosed to her before she actually booked that trip. So mm-hmm. when she got home, she was trying to, you know, speak to the travel agency, couldn't get any answers. And I said to her, well, why don't you go to Tico? Because that, they're there to help you file that complaint and get through that process. So, yeah. so should you be looking, if we're booking a trip, should we be looking for... Um, a travel agent that is TICO registered, or do they all yeah, have to be? Yeah, well, we, we have a <clears throat> we have a saying: "Look before you book." Uh, right. <laughs> to, keep, to keep that in the, the, in the back of your minds, every travel agency, the business needs to be licensed and registered with TICO in the province of Ontario. It's against the law not to be registered with 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 TICO. Every travel agent needs to go through a certification program to ensure that they understand the laws and the consumer protections that that are available to consumers. And Candace is right. Uh, we we uh, we do receive. I mean, there's millions of travel purchases done in, in the province, uh, mm-hmm. 
and and we regulate the whole province and and particularly up in in some of the more rural communities that the, the the awareness and knowledge of TICO wasn't uh, as as strong as it is in the more uh, urban centers like Toronto mm-hmm. and Ottawa and London and, and so on. So it is a challenge that to get our message out, and this is why we appreciate that. But Candace is right. We we receive a lot of calls, a lot of a lot of complaints from time to time around misinformation and disclosures that that are not provided. We don't regulate customer service, and that's one of the things that consumers sometimes um, are, are unclear about. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't like your food, or you don't like the color of the beach, or you don't like the view from your from your room, we don't we don't cover that off. But if you if you're misrepresented, if someone tells you there's, you know, five a la carte restaurants, and you get down, then there's two, <clears throat> or there's a, a major yeah. renovation going going right. on that that you were not made aware of. Um, that's an issue uh, for us. And we, we receive those complaints. We process thousands of them you know, over the course oh, of What are the, the, the biggest complaints you get? Um, as I said, we got a lot of cus- customer service complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to educate the consumer. Uh, we got a, a, an awful lot of airline complaints, lost baggage, the damaged mm-hmm. baggage. These yeah, days, and people, you don't, yeah, you you're know, not. people seem to be sitting on tarmacs mm-hmm. a long time. We don't, we don't cover that. But where there's um, disclosure issues, both before the sale and after the sale. If something goes on after the sale is made, the agent has a responsibility to inform you so you can get a refund um, or or be provided to something in the alternative. So let's just keep one thing clear. Lots of people do book travel online through big sites, mm-hmm. so they would not be covered. Yeah, like if you book through Expedia or and you don't go to an agent... I would say if you are in Ontario, your safest bet to protect your purchase is to make sure you purchase your travel through a site that is registered at Tico. And exactly. that's super easy to do. You just exactly. scroll to the very bottom of their website. You look for the symbol. Yeah, exactly. That is there, my point because you're, you're not really protected if you're going. It's, and, a, yeah. it's a great point. And by the way, Expedia is registered with Tico. Oh, okay. well, so, then so, there you, so there you go. go. Don't there be you... trash and Expedia. No, I, 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 I didn't mean to. I was just yeah, asking. No, but it's an excellent... But, no, I was just I, asking because lots known, of yeah. people go online and book, like, especially know, millennials. There, they there go... are lots and lots of other travel sites online. You're absolutely right. I think the stats are close to 80% of, of, uh, uh, of consumers begin their purchase online. And there are, you know, a vast number of travel sellers who are online, not registered uh, with TICO. They're operating out of some province or some country uh, that's not regulated. And, and we, don't, we don't have anything against them, but we say, why, why would you forfeit your consumer protection? Mm-hmm. Uh, deal through a, yeah. a, a registered why, yeah, travel agency. Exactly. That, that's my point. They're knowledgeable. So. They're experts. And they, they can offer you some good value. Great. Why don't you tell us exactly what the website is? Because you can file a complaint right online, right? Yeah. So it's tico.ca. tico.ca. T-I-C-O dot C-A. Exactly. Perfect. Thank well, you. now we know. Now we know. We go. And so does everybody else. <laughs> yes. Thanks for coming yeah. in, guys. Well, thank, thank you very you. much. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. <laughs> and accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said She's back.
Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Google techie Komal Singh was taken aback by her four-year-old daughter's assumption that all engineers are men. So she decided to do something about that. She joined forces with a group of Googlers and wrote Ara, the Star Engineer. It's a book aimed at children ages five to nine and inspires kids to explore STEM subjects. And she's here to tell us more about it. Welcome to What She Said. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, tell us about your role at Google. Yes. Um, so at Google, I work as a program manager within engineering. Um, mm-hmm. I've been here for about three years. Prior to Google, I've been working in the tech sector for almost uh, 13 years. I'm a software engineer by background, and I've held various um, roles um, as a programmer, a developer, a delivery lead, um, program manager. And um, here at Google, I work some with some amazing folks building amazing things and products for the world. So tell us again why you decided to do this. Yes. Um, so I have two children. I have a daughter who is five now. And when I started the book at that time, she was four. And I have a boy who is now one. And um, I was working from home one day. I happened to be on a video conferencing call. And she could see the faces of people who were on the call. And then she would ask me, who's that person? And what does that person do? And I would go, oh, yes, that's Alex. He's an engineer. That's Mike, my manager. He's an engineer. That's Kurt. Um, and it was 10 people. And they were all men and all engineers. Um, and by the end of it, she goes to me, oh, mama, engineers are boys, isn't it? So when she said that, I was pretty bummed out. Um, and given, then, given that you are yeah, one. Yeah. Did I you say one. mommy is an engineer? Uh, well, she knows that, but I guess she needed the a optics. lot of reiteration. Yeah. And um, and when I started researching more, it turns out that, you know, girls, there's well-established research out there that girls start doubting their intelligence in STEM as early as six years old. And it turns out, you would be surprised to know this, that children's literature, especially picture books, less than 5% picture books are actually authored by people of color or feature people of color in leading roles as protagonists in books. Um, and so I thought that there was an opportunity opportunity to introduce engineering and STEM and science to kids in a very whimsical manner mm-hmm. by showcasing the diversity that we have, even though limited diversity um, is what we have right now. But um, I thought it would be a great idea to encourage them and inspire them through picture books. I, I find it fascinating that, that there's, I, I sort of still get because of my age that, that people think of you know, even mm-hmm. doctors or engineers or, as men, but I'm surprised that only 5% of books feature people of color. That's right. Um, and this was a research that was published recently by The Guardian. Mm-hmm. And I bet, you know, a number of uh, books re- related to STEM or engineering are even less than 5%. Probably we're looking at something that's even less than like 1%, I would imagine. Okay, so, so tell us about Ara, the Star Engineer. Yes. So Ara, the Star Engineer is a picture book that um, features a young girl called Ara and her sidekick droid, Didi, on an adventure to count all the stars in the sky. And in doing so, what they do is they visit a fantastical land of innovation Plex, which is actually inspired by Google Plex, um, and that's the Google headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, they visit innovation Plex, and then they enlist the help of real-life women engineers to solve their problem. And in doing so, they discover an algorithm of success that's comprised of the four Cs. That's courage, creativity, coding, and collaboration. And um, in using these four Cs uh, or keys of of success. They are able to solve their problem. 
um, and count to all the stars in the sky while having fun and while meeting a very diverse set of real-life role models. Now, it's not just a book, though. It's It's been turned into an app that connects with these yeah. fascinating... Um, <laughs> Fascinating goggles. That's correct. Um, so we wanted the book to be more than just a book. We wanted the adventure to continue beyond the book for children. So there is the website of the book, which is arastarengineer.com. And um, we have a number of activity sheets for children to download and a number of other learning resources for parents, teachers, and kids um, to play with. But besides that, the book has also been converted to an immersive um, 3D experience, which can be viewed using um, any VR glass, a virtual reality glass, um, and uh, using Google Expeditions. And it's all free to download and view. So, you know, kids can actually see in a very realistic manner what a data center looks like, you know, how huge a data center can be. Um, so I think such visualizations go a long way in sparking their imagination and curiosity. But it seems to me that this book would inspire boys as well as girls. I mean, it really is for everyone. It is for everybody. I, it's not just for girls. It's for boys and girls and other non-binary genders and also not just for kids. One of the things I constantly hear from parents and teachers is how much they themselves learned from the book. So, yes, it's for all genders and all ages, not just children or girls. Well, of course, it begs the question. There must be another one. I Yes, there will be another one. And we're actively seeking feedback from our readers and fans on what is it that they would like to see more about. Um, so, yes, if you have thoughts, questions, email us. What do you get from uh, – what kind of reaction do you get from teachers? Because I think teachers, you know, try very hard. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to influence um, yes. the optics for children of certain things. Yes. Um, so children, I mean, teachers and parents both are delighted by the book because, you know, it's not an academic book that teaches you how to code. That's not what it is. But it actually does introduce coding concepts, but in a very playful manner. Um, and um, that's what people find very endearing, that they can talk to kids about algorithms, but in a fun manner. You know, we can write algorithms to brush our teeth or algorithm to go to school. And some of the teachers have told me that um, the kids are writing their own algorithms to feed the cat. So, you know, when kids are already thinking of breaking a big problem into smaller problems, that's kind of that's kind of like computational thinking 101. Did this sort of exceed your wildest expectations? It did. I will not lie. It did. You know, my whole effort was just focused on getting a good book out that... For um, your daughter? For not... Yes. Initially my daughter, but then I realized that the cause was much bigger than my daughter. It became a cause. Um, so... I wanted to get a good book out. But since then, the response has been just overwhelming. Um, the book is being converted to about 10 other languages um, in 10 other countries. Um, and um, so many other groups stepped up to help me out with things like the activities and the, the immersive experiences. Um, and the response and the fan mail and the letters that I get from teachers and children is just amazing. So we want to make it clear, though, this book is not an official product of Google. That's correct. But it's not an official product of Google. But um, Googlers helped you and Google helped yes, you too. Yes, Googlers, uh, my peers helped me out. And, and like I mentioned, they helped me with things such as building the website, helping me with activity sheets, um, coding the VR experience for the book. Um, so I had a lot of help. Um, and I'm sure Google corporately approves. Um, yes. Um, of course. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, of course. Yes, they do. I love I love some of the um, characters and their names. The tenacious troubleshooter, the code commander, the prolific planner, and the intrepid innovator. I mean, you've given them such great handles yeah. of what they do. Thank you. Um, so you know, yeah, we wanted uh, you know we wanted to introduce um, uh, kids to titles such as vice presidents and directors in engineering, but through a, a, a fun bridge. So we thought, you know, what is it that these VPs and directors and techies do? Well, that this is they solve problems, so they're prolific problem solvers, and uh, most of the time is is. Um, spent around troubleshooting problems, right, or troubleshooting things and refactoring code. So that takes a lot of persistence. So the tenacious troubleshooter. And um, you have to come up with bright ideas to old problems so that you can solve them in a novel manner. So that's the intrepid innovator. And then the code commander um, is is nothing but a way to speak with computers and to, um, you know, make computers understand um, what you want them to do. And hence the code commander. And the intrepid innovator—that's yes. they're all in there. They're, they're excellent. So, has, does your daughter get it now? She gets it. She's very inspired to solve problems. You know, I haven't quite heard her say, "I want to be an engineer," but I've heard her say, <laughs> "I'm a problem solver, and I can troubleshoot this. I can fix it." So, I think it has really boosted her confidence. Um, and you know, the aim of the book is not to convert children to be engineers, which would be really awesome, by the way, but to convert them to think themselves to be problem solvers mm-hmm. and troubleshooters and fixers of things and creators, not just consumers. But right? also so. able, anything is within their reach if they want it. Yes. If they want to do that, then nothing would stop them. Yes, absolutely. So, Kamal, where can people go to get a copy of Our Other Star Engineer? So the book can be um, bought on Amazon mm-hmm. or any bookstore, such as uh, Chapters or any of the indie mm-hmm. bookstores as well. That's excellent. Thank you so, so much for joining us today and, and for doing this. I think. Yes, yeah. I think it's amazing. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> what She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
next guest started her career online four years ago working as a webcam model where she spent the majority of her time playing guitar and singing to her audience. After building a strong fan base across all social media platforms, she decided to use her career to fund her music and has found amazing success thus far. Her name is Leka, and what you just heard was her debut single, Earl Grey. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're, you were born in Toronto, and with 2019 being a progressive year for all social media content creators, you want to bring awareness to the importance of ending stigma around sex work through your music and your connection to the fans. Yeah, so basically there's a huge stigma between being a pop star and being a sex worker. And I think it's really important to show people that you can do both and still have success. And there's no shame in hiding like your past mm-hmm. when it's something that, you know, pushed me to do music essentially. And I wouldn't be able to do music without sex work. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Cardi B used to be a stripper. Yep. Right? So, I mean, she seems to be thriving in the mainstream. <laughs> yes. um, you know, Possibly because of, not in spite of. <laughs> right. But I mean, I, I couldn't, you, you mentioned this before. So you would basically, like most of the people hiring you online, mm-hmm. uh, you would just sit there naked and play your guitar and you were earning how much a night? It was about $1,000 US a night. So I pull in. Woo. <laughs> Woo. You know, you've got the naked singing cowboy in Times Square, although yeah. you still wear yeah. underwear. But, you know, I mean, this is how. When did you decide that this could actually fund your music and make that change? Honestly, it started when people started asking me online, like, because I would sing and play guitar every single night. People were asking me, why don't you have your own music? Why don't you have your own music? Why aren't you doing shows? And I was like, why aren't I? And it took, like, a lot of time for me to realize that, you know, I don't just have to do sex work and that's not going to end you know, a career in music for me because mm-hmm. so many people watch me every single night. I have like a thousand or fifteen hundred people in my chat room every single night that watch me, and I'm legitimately just sitting there and playing guitar. You're still playing naked? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, are <laughs> some, <laughs> what are some of your musical influences? Um, my favorite band is the 1975, which is like an English synth pop band. So mm-hmm. we took a lot of inspiration from like the 80s synthy vibes, and we yeah. brought that to my music. And I pretty much only listen to like English synth pop. So. Hmm. And how can people connect with you online um, for your music? I have all social media, so okay. Instagram, Twitter. And what, what's can. the handle? Um, I'm not Laika. I'm not, not Laika. Laika. <laughs> it's L-A-I-K-A. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us today. Fascinating story. Congratulations to you. I think it's awesome. <laughs> that is it for What She Said. We will be back again tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. But singing us out now, not naked, in our live studio sessions, here is Laika performing Earl Grey. my head a blurry world where you'd be in the only thing i'd ever need we'd f***ing smoke and we'd do drugs close enough to smell your blood oh your lips they taste like love yeah i'll always sing your songs you know i'll always play along i'll wear your hood like it's my own 
And every time I'll sing each line I'll pretend that you are mine I'll listen like you're singing Every song about me Hey, I, I, I Hey, I, I, I I'll listen like you're singing Every song about me Hey, I, I, Hey, I, I I'll listen like you're singing every song about me I love the work of art you are All your bruises, all your scars I'd hang you up on all my walls, yeah You are the fire that burns inside You bloom like flowers in my mind Each petal lives and breathes and dies, yeah I'll always sing your songs, you know I'll always play along I'll wear your hurt like it's my own, yeah And every time I'll sing each line I'll pretend that you are mine I'll listen like you're singing Every song about me Hey, I, I, I Hey, I, I, I I'll listen like you're singing Every song about me Hey, I, I I'll listen like you're singing every song about me. Hey, I, I, hey, I, I, I'll listen like you're singing every song about me. Hey, I, I, hey, I, I, I'll listen like you're singing every song about. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.